Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Welcome, everyone, to episode 155 of the NBA podcast. I'm Bryant Pork, and we are two days away from the start of free agency. So today, after our LeBron Megapod earlier this week, we're going to make some predictions. We're going to predict where all the top free agents are going to end up and how much they're going to sign for. Before we get underway, reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter, at AlmightyCasts. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? I'm confused, Brian, because here we have like the Chicago Bulls being ridiculed as always, and then suddenly I'm listening to low having Kevin Arnowitz on, and <laughs> now they're signing Anthony Davis and another free agent. Like, what? What? Right. Yeah. Just to remind- Hey, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Years. Yeah, a reminder that when this free agency madness ends, we can already start looking ahead to next year's free agency madness. And it's going to be... Probably even more ridiculous because a lot of teams are going to clear out some cap space over the coming year. So the market will not be nearly as unfriendly as it projects to be this summer. And then they'll make new mistakes. Like right. every team in the league is looking forward to like, <laughs> oh, let's get it, let's get these horrible, horrible contracts off the books so right. we can make new ones. Yeah, and then all these players are now opting in to make the market even more bloated. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm already excited. So we're, we have been projecting that this market's going to be bad for a while. So as we go down our predictions today, a lot of these are going to sound ridiculous compared to what, not even two years ago, but even last year, what some of the the guys signed. Uh, But that's just the reality of how things are. Barely a third of the league has any sizable cap space. Upward of half of the league is looking at the luxury tax right now. A lot of teams are going to be trying to dump salary, not add salary. A lot of teams are going to be limited to the mid-level exception. The non-taxpayer version is about $8.6 million. The taxpayer version is around five point three, I believe. So, you know, a lot of these, LeBron James is going to get maxed. 
Uh, Kevin Durant's going to get max, but a lot of the second and third tier guys are looking at salaries that, you know, they a lot lower than what they expected. So wanted right. to preface that before we get into this. Also, we're not going to talk about Kevin Durant today because it's just a formality that he's going to resign with Golden State. We don't know what form, most likely another one plus one, but he's going back. It, <laughs> LeBron quote-unquote calling him and trying to convince him to go to the Lakers via Stephen A. Smith. It's not happening. He's going back to the Warriors. Also, Nikola Jokic, the Nuggets declined his team option to make him a restricted free agent. It's been widely reported that he's getting five-year max. So we're also not going to talk about him because, you know, it, it, that the decision's already settled. We do need to start more with the big domino of course, LeBron James, we devoted more than an hour to him on Tuesday. So if you want our like in-depth analysis of the pros and cons of each landing spot, go back there. Today, Mort, let's just give a prediction right away. Where does he go and how much does he sign for? Well, you have him going to the Lakers. I agree, but I'm also a little bit hesitant that he, he goes to the Lakers without one of Paul George or Kawhi following him there. Mm-hmm. But you you have a good point about this, which I'm gonna let you explain about the Julius Randle stuff, right? You have yeah. Let me explain that that real sure. quickly. Like you also have Julius Randle returning to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You don't have Paul George going to the Lakers, and you have made no mention of Kawhi because he's an active player contract right now. He's not a free agent, and right now we're solely talking about free agents. Mm-hmm. And basically, what you're saying, if I'm understanding you correctly is that LeBron will go to the Lakers, and then afterwards, the dominoes will fall. Yeah, I mean, it's based on all the reporting that we've heard, it seems Mm -hmm. very clear that LeBron wants to go to the Lakers, and ideally he wants a second superstar teammate, whether that's Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, or both. It seems like Paul George is at least seriously considering resigning in OKC. It seems like the Spurs are kind of at a standstill with Kawhi Leonard, like they're they're shopping him, but teams are lowballing them and they are understandably reluctant to give him away for what teams have been offering so far. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think in the end, LeBron's going to take a one plus one with the Lakers. I think, you know, it just seems like his family really wants to move to LA. They have houses there already. Um, they, you know, LeBron said, as we mentioned Tuesday, that his family is going to factor into his decision significantly and more so than it has in the past. So right. I think he goes there and then it's not like, you know, all we've been talking for a week now about Kawhi, the Lakers and, you know, other superstar Paul George, whatever, like the, if the Lakers can't trade for Kawhi Leonard, those assets are still in place. Like they could either a try to wait out the Spurs and as the Spurs move closer to the trade deadline, they're going to continue to lose leverage if he doesn't take the Supermax. They could, B, turn their attention to another star on the market, whether it's Kemba Walker, uh, Jimmy Butler. You know, there's, there's been rumblings about him being upset in Minnesota and not being a lock to re-sign there. Like, they have many options. So, right. yeah, spoiler alert, I, I would think if they don't get Paul George or Kawhi, they will re-sign Julius Randle. Um because their their big problem right now in terms of making these trade offers is they just don't have a bunch of like these medium salaried contracts. You have Luol Deng, who is a negative asset, and you're going to have to pay just to get off of him. And then you've got Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and all of those guys, but they're signed 
to such they're on their rookie deals still they're still on to such small deals that it's hard to make a deal work for salary matching purposes with just those guys so Randall by re-signing him he can then become a trade asset down the line yeah no I get you the thing is with me it seems to me that LeBron just had that this idea that he wasn't going to be the first one. Like, he wanted mm-hmm. to have an established player go there before him. Mm-hmm. But, again, that's all speculation. I do think the Lakers have a solid base of assets that they can right. move on from and, and make some changes with, unlike Cleveland, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, if LeBron sees the big picture, good on him, because it seems to me that that hasn't been the case always in the past. Right. So, and, and truth be told... Like, he might actually enjoy playing with young guys who can actually jump. Yeah. Sure. That, that couldn't hurt. And, I mean, you know, I, I mentioned a couple of trade targets. Like, if if he if LeBron just refuses to play with Lonzo because of his dad, like, Kemba Walker's out there. You could pretty easily make a trade for Lonzo plus any one of their young guys, whether it's... Uh, I mean, I don't think they would give up Kuzma or Josh Hart in that deal because those guys they'd probably need to swing a Kawhi deal later. But you could, right. I, I believe, Lonzo plus Zubac for Kemba would be cap legal as is. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's just like even if he goes there and he's the only one who goes there at first, more dominoes can fall down the line. There's a lot of time between now and the February trade deadline where you can make something happen. I would expect, even if he goes there, I would expect someone to join him between now and February. So let me ask you this, because we should also talk about fit. Mm-hmm. Is the Lakers Are the Lakers the best fit for LeBron? I mean, it, it depends on what you mean by fit. Like, in terms of basketball skill sets, they are... Mm-hmm theoretically a better fit than the Sixers just because you don't have you know you, there's the clash with the potential clash with Ben Simmons that said we talked about it on Tuesday I don't see a move the Lakers can make even if they get LeBron where they're gonna top the Warriors next year so if you're looking for like personnel wise are they a better fit than Philly probably are they better equipped to win a title next year than Philly absolutely the hell no right no, I'm thinking more about roster construction. Like, Because if LeBron comes in there, he's obviously going to be the focal point. Mm-hmm. So when I speak about fit, it's more so do they have the right components next to him. Sure. Like you, you have Lonzo who theoretically can shoot as a spot-up shooter. That was how he got a lot of his threes at UCLA. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you and you have Brandon Ingram who's sort of like an ace in the hole and still like some sort of unknown. Yeah. Julius Randle can initiate the offense. Like, he can dribble, he can pass, he can rebound. He's not a long-range shooter, so you're kind of limited. He operates in that same space as LeBron a lot, so I think LeBron would actually have to be used as a spacer, which is, I don't know, I, I'm not feeling that fit entirely. Don't, don't get me wrong, like you said on the last podcast, you know, I too feel a lot more comfortable with LeBron, the three-point shooter, but I don't think he should be used as some sort of J.J. Reddick release valve. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the, when I'm talking about fit, I'm looking at the on-court stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it seems to me they will need to do some sort of follow-up moves to get him more shooting. Yeah, 
I'd agree. And we should note, too, that he has, or he's at least notified the Cavaliers that he is officially planning to opt out of his contract, which means, in all essence, it means it's down to the Lakers, the Sixers, or the Cavs. There's the team, other teams can sign and trade for him now, but you're hard capped if you do that. Houston is effectively off the table. Check my Twitter feed. I wrote something about that for Fansided today. It's all but impossible for Houston to get him. Same's going to go for San Antonio, Boston. Like it, It's down to those three teams. And it really seems like it's down to the Lakers or the Cavs with the Sixers in a distant third place. So we should find out in a couple days. It sounds like he wants to make his decision quickly. So the dominoes should start falling uh, soon. The other big domino, of course, was in terms of free agents, at least, Mort, is Paul George. It really seems like, again, it's basically OKC or the Lakers. With Philly has expressed interest, but he has there has been nothing from his camp to suggest he's actually considering them. He's doing this three-part ESPN special about his decision because, you know, the last time someone did a televised special about their free agency decision, it worked out so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you think he stays in OKC or do you think he goes to the Lakers? I mean, I think the Lakers are just so obvious for him, given his that his it's his hometown team. And unlike LeBron, he's more of a pure shooter. So he can come in there and really be like a main cog in the offense and really be a, a, a deep necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. Like he, The thing is, he can earn more money in OKC and it seems the money is... A factor for him, which I get. Like, let's let's just get that out of the way immediately. Like, none of, none of these players like should be faulted at any point for wanting the dough. Like, that's right. that's why it's free agency. Like, go get your money. That's fine. right, right. Um, and I get that he could stick around OKC, get paid more, and then maybe leave after a while. But mm-hmm. you also have to ask yourself this: like, if he really wants the Lakers, maybe this is the only year that he gets that opportunity. Yeah, that's like fair. we talked about two years ago, how it was the perfect storm for Golden State with KD and you know Curry having the low salary and everything just pe- patching in well together. Mm-hmm. Like this could be the one chance for Paul to just say, "Oh, you know, I have a straight path to my favorite team, my childhood team, and I want to go there. I've been saying for a while I wanted to go there. I can't do it this year. I'm a free agent. They have money. Like let's just do it." Right. No. It, so it's it, a fair point. Yeah. So I'm I'm on the I'm on the Paul George goes to the Lakers wagon, and I think the fit for George there, even without LeBron, is pretty great because of his ability to stretch the floor. Like unlike LeBron, I think he is the type of you know release valve you use as a shooter when you have a whole bunch of guys like driving the lane. Like he's the guy who can make everyone keep everyone honest. I should say. Mm-hmm. So I love the fit there. I, I I think he goes there. Do you think it's a four year max? Not necessarily. Like, he, he could do a KD thing. But I will say this. Like, it's funny to me that we've reached that point where Paul George is considering you doing, like, the one plus one thing. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have him as one of those, you know, no-nonsense max guys all the way through. Like, he's great. Absolutely great. But, like, you and I talked about at length. Like, there's maybe a handful of guys in the NBA that are right. true max players. And I just wonder if... Paul George should be on is in that handful yeah well especially as he ages like if he takes a one plus one or a two plus one by the time he hits his early 30s is he then going to be a, a full four or five year max guy that's a fair question 
Uh, You know, just reading the tea leaves of how the conversation seems to be trending in recent days, I actually think he's going to do a 2 plus 1 max in OKC. Uh, That gives him the option, A, to, I mean, if he opts out after that second year, he will then be eligible for the 10-year max so he can get 35% of the cap. By doing a 2 plus 1 instead of a 1 plus 1, he would also be trade eligible. If you if you have only one year left and then you are an expiring contract, you Right, you have an trade. automatic no trade clause. Right. right. So the 2 plus 1 would actually enable him to be traded. Uh, so that, you know, if, if, if things go south in OKC by the trade deadline, he could then say, all right, send me to the Lakers. And, you know, yeah, but well, isn't that just going through a hell of a lot? Like, isn't that just putting up a hassle for everyone? Yeah, I mean, I think he genuinely likes being in OKC. I don't yeah, think... no, I mean, I don't think he hates it there. I'm just saying, like, if the Lakers are his childhood team and that's the team, like, he's always wanted to go to, I think that should carry more weight, no? Uh, yeah, I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're subscribed to the theory that LeBron plus Paul George would be enough to put them in the conversation for the Rockets or the Warriors, but I think he can reasonably deduce that that's not the case. I think right, he realizes maybe he, he don't care. Yeah, it's possible. I, I mean, I think based on how he started his career in Indiana and was getting the Eastern Conference Finals back-to-back, he feels like, he said, he felt like he left things on the table in OKC this year. OKC could pitch like, you know, we were starting to mesh and then Roberson went down, but now he's going to come back and we'll have, we'll have a whole year of familiarity with each other and maybe things start to click more. I, I think OKC presents a convincing case. I don't think he takes a five-year deal there because uh, I think he wants to give himself some flexibility, but I could, I, I do, you know, it might, yeah, I could be totally wrong, but I think he does stay in OKC on a short-term deal. I just look at it like this. If he has... LeBron James in the one hand, and you he has Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony in the other. Yeah. Like he would be insane to go yeah. with the latter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he might be. We'll we'll find out soon. <laughs> I will say I will say this: Philly still is an option here. I, I it it's honestly the most logical option for him, but he has yeah. just given absolutely no indication that I he's know. even considering it. So, but that I was be, that would be the best fit of all. Yeah, I agree. And it wouldn't take all they have to do is wave and stretch Jared Bayless. They wouldn't even have to trade him. Like they can easily get to the cap space they need to sign right. him. Um, Kawhi Leonard technically not a free agent until next year, but he's been. It seems like he was gonna be the first domino earlier this week. Uh, the Spurs. It seems like they have all but given up hope that they can actually convince him to stay beyond this year. And there were reports that he wants out before the start of the season. What do you see happening with Kawhi more? Do you think he gets traded tonight, tomorrow, or do you think he's sticking around San Antonio a little bit longer? A little bit longer. I, I think the Spurs are in no rush to trade him because they know that if he goes, they send him somewhere LeBron can follow, mm-hmm. and and they can gather some sort of team around him that they don't want to. So they're just going to be sitting there going, yeah, let's just wait until LeBron has chosen where he wants to go. And then we decide on our own, where we are going to send Kawhi. Because yeah. we shall not be influenced by what LeBron wants to do. He does not operate our team. We do. Yep. Totally agree. I think they at least wait until they can actually offer Kawhi the Supermax. And yep. then if if he if they slide that $219 million check across the table and he 
flips him off, then there's some incentive to, you know, move him before the start of the season. But as just, we saw with the Kyrie trade last year, it can happen in August. Yeah. Just one one note to that. So basically what we're hearing is that Kawhi has lost, has felt that the team has just lost faith in him or whatever. Like not, maybe that's a wrong description, but basically they turned on him and yeah. just didn't value him. Right. Like, Putting forth a $219 million offer <laughs> right. should end all that. And if Kawhi and his uncle and Kawhi's team does not recognize that as a goodwill gesture and as a, as a gesture of, hey, let's move forward together, mm-hmm. then I'm going to say this. Good riddance. Yeah. I mean, because you would think they'll, you know, they'll lose incentive if they wait until February. But yeah. if LeBron goes to the Lakers... And says, you know, I'm signing with you, but you better get Lonzo Ball the hell out of here, and you better get Kawhi here by the start of the season. The Spurs will still have a lot of incentive to make this work. Boston and Philly as well, especially mm-hmm. Philly if they miss out on LeBron and Paul George, and then you know it's between trade for Kawhi or spend your money on like Jabari Parker. Then <sighs> there's yeah, then there's going to be a little bit more incentive for Philly to act too. So I, I don't think. The leverage concerns are popping up for the Spurs yet. They will at some point, but I'm with you. I, I don't think they're they're. De- I, I would be very surprised if they trade him by July 1st. I think you're right. They wait until to see what happens with LeBron. Yep. Chris Paul more when they. I feel he's in the same boat as KD. Like it's a formality at this point. The only thing right. that's not a formality is the length of the contract. Right. So do you think he gets the five-year max? We we have to assume that when he opted in last summer to force a trade to the Rockets, there was an under-the-table agreement. I you know Most likely, mm-hmm. I'm doing this, you're giving me a five-year max next summer. That said, they have switched ownership since then. So who knows if Tillman Fertitta is also okay with whatever right. agreement they reached last June. So what do you think happens? Do you think he gets the full five-year max, or do you think it's a little bit shorter? Oh, I mean, for their sake, it has to be shorter. I think he's worth the max right now, like mm-hmm. in the season that comes, yep. maybe even the season afterwards. So for mm-hmm. two seasons, you can look at him and go, oh, he's probably undoubtedly a a, a max-level player. But in 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. I'm really not sure. Like, he's 33 already. Right. And well, I know that he's never been an above-the-rim player, but 33 is still 33, and he has a tendency to pick up injuries. Mm-hmm. Like, And at some point, like the body just slows down. Right. And when he's 35, is he going to be the same player? I don't think he is. Yeah. Uh, and w- so, three? Yeah, I'm with you on three. Because, like, do you really want to be paying Chris Paul $46.7 million when he's in his late 30s? Because that's oh. what it would be. In tw- if you yeah. give him a five-year max in 2022-23, $46.7 million. Right. Yeah. And the cap well, at, at that point is, you know, the, the the cap projections, it's really hard to go out that far because a lot is subject to change between now and then. Right now, it's projected to be $125 million, But then that means Chris Paul is gobbling up almost a third of your cap space as a 37-year-old. Yeah, that's that's no bueno. Um, really, I mean, I can live with, if I'm Houston, I can live with the third year being overpaid because at that point he's probably still 
somewhat close to being worth it, mm-hmm. but just like a step slower or a level less. But not mm-hmm. to the point where you look at him and go, oh, I mean, he's unplayable. No, like he's still going to be a productive full-time starting point guard with an all-star resume to him. So you can you can kind of swallow that last year. Right. But if you put like that, if you add a fourth year or a fifth year, like no, you, I don't think you swallow those. You, yeah. I don't think you do. And I, and let, let's just toy around with this idea. Let's assume Paul just plays the market because he wants this five year deal. Mm-hmm. Like who who out there realistically would look at him and go, "Hey, five years"? Or no, right. they, sorry, four, four, four. Right. Because if he's out, yeah. I mean, maybe the Lakers just to appease LeBron. I don't. I mean, yeah. Oh God, that could happen, couldn't it? In theory, I mean, you'd have to dump yeah. Lonzo at that point, most likely. But it's, it, that's the only team. That's the only team that can offer him. A, or I guess the Bulls could if they got rid of Zach Levine, the point guard of the future. Part thirty-three-year-old <laughs> Chris Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're right. The well, he's a former lottery there. pick, Brian, so it's they are yeah. adding another lottery pick. Top five oh. pick. <laughs> uh, oh, God. I, I hadn't thought about the Lakers' angle. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think what you said at the start of this discussion, it's a formality that he's coming back to the Yeah, Rockets, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. like, that's, that is the one team he could leverage. Mm-hmm. Like I, the oh, Sixers, it's interesting that the Sixers would not. Yeah, like they they would have to carve out. They would have to dump Bayless, and it, that's just not a real option for him. So yeah, no. Yeah, it feels like the three year max is a good compromise for the two sides, and hopefully he'd realize that and realize that you know by the time he's that old, <laughs> that paying him that much money would it, that would just shut their window. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. It, it would literally just close the Rockets' window down to two or three years, and then just completely screw them after that. And he's all. And Houston is also the best fit for him, which is amazing yeah. when you think about it. Because last year we were all oh one ball, two players, but right. he just fit in so seamlessly that to me, when you look at the whole landscape of the league, like that's just his place. Yep, totally agree. Uh, Demarcus Cousins is a really interesting one. Would have been a pretty easy. I'd, I'd say probably would have been a pretty easy five-year max guy with the yeah. Pelicans had he not torn his Achilles, but he did tear his Achilles. So there aren't that many teams that need a center outside of Dallas. And as we'll get to when we talk about DeAndre Jordan, it seems like they are at least going after him to some extent. So that could work in favor of the Pelicans. It's, it's just the same thing with Chris Paul, basically. Like the Pelicans could say, all right, you won't take this offer from us, then go find another one because there isn't a team out there that's going to give you a big money offer. So what do you think the Pellies do with DeMarcus? I think they load his contract up with incentives, Mm -hmm. much like Philly did Mm -hmm. with Joel Embiid. Yep. I think that would be the smart choice. And the thing is, if if Boogie balks at that, you can actually let it go and say, well, we actually gave it a clever try. Like sure. we tried and we were reasonable. We we gave him a chance to earn all the money that he wanted, but if the injury just was too severe for him to produce the the benchmarks that we had installed in that contract and and you know, then then we gain from it and he if he's upset about that, then we can't I mean we can't be held responsible because that he signed a deal. Mm-hmm. Um 
I think you should go with with a very creative contract here. It shouldn't yeah. go full length. Should be loaded with incentives. I think the max you can allow for incentives is the fifteen percent of the total value of the contract, if I'm not mistaken. So eighty-five percent of the contract needs to be, you know, non-incentivized. Fully guaranteed. Yeah. 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 Um, so how long would you go for? That's the thing because, you know, you've written three years. I kind of agree, but with the caveat that the year year three should only be partially guaranteed. Mm. I was gonna actually say third year player option. Well, yeah, but that's kind of like a three year deal, regardless. Because if he's just if he turns out to be forty percent of what he used to be, mm-hmm. like he's gonna pick that up. So that's right. like an automatic three year contract. The only reason I say third-year player option is because Anthony Davis is signed for two more years and then also has a third-year player option in 2020-2021. So that way you're lining them up. And even if Brow opts out and Boogie opted in, Drew Holiday is signed guaranteed through 2020-2021. He's got $26 million owed to him that year, has a player option the following summer. So... You can basically clear your books completely. I mean, depending on whether Drew opts in or out at, in 2021. Um, but basically, a three-year deal with a third-year player option puts him exactly aligned with, with Anthony Davis, which I think is what ideally you want because you're, you're hmm. re-signing Boogie to convince Anthony Davis to stay long-term as well. Yeah, I get that. Okay, I, I could go along with that because at the, in the end of the day, it's just one more year. Yeah. And right. and it's only a problem if he's if he's completely banged up. Like if right. he's just broken. Right. Which let's just like knock on wood, let's hope he's not. Because yeah. Boogie's right. fantastic and he he was having one of the most underrated seasons of a center yeah. I've ever seen. And nobody's yeah. talking about that by the way, which infuriates me. He was one of only two guys to average at least twenty points, ten rebounds and five assists last year. Russell Westbrook was the other one. And he's and he probably also, the only center with that line who's also averaged like two made threes. Right, two threes, a block, a steal. Yeah, he was the only yeah. one in the league to do it last year. I think he was the only one. I I, I need to look it up again, but I feel right. like he's the only one in league history to have done that with as many threes as he hit. Yeah. No, he was amazing. So, I, yeah. 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 And it but, gives like, me. Do hope. you go full max in those years, by the way? Like in the three years, yeah, do you go max? I would. Yeah. I would. I think it's just a good faith thing, because yeah. it doesn't like it. If you're the Pelicans, it doesn't matter at that point. Like you're not going to have cap space to replace him, so yeah. you're going to be. I mean, you're going to incur. Uh, yeah, you would probably be right up there in terms of the luxury tax this year. But after the ne- after this year, you wouldn't be. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's you just have to do it. And then if it means, you know, maybe somehow dumping, <laughs> I don't know how you dump Solomon Hill, but, you know, there, there are ways to get around the tax like you, you would have until the final day of the regular season to get there. So right. they they have alternatives to get away from it. Um, yeah, I guess it would put them, it would put them right up against the threshold. But yeah, I, I think you'd, it's just a good faith thing. And at this point, like your whole objective, the next two seasons 
is just to get Anthony Davis to sign the Supermax in 2019. Mm-hmm. So, like, you just... Oh, well, he's to... going to the Bulls, apparently, so... <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I, I think three-year max for Boogie, third-year player option. It's yeah. a lot. I understand the risk, but I think it's worth it for the Pelicans. Yeah. No, I can get behind that thinking. That's fine. I, I just don't want to go full max out of principle with this right. injury. Like, you yeah, just, no, I no. don't think you can. Like, four-year no. max, that's just a non-starter. Yeah, yeah totally agree. Uh, Clint Capella. Yeah. You have him maxed out. I'm I'm not so sure. I love That's, Clint Capella. That wasn't a full max. It's a little bit It's smaller. not a full max? No, it's a little bit smaller. What's the full max for him, then? You have uh, him at 94. The full max is the same one that Joel Embiid and Jokic and Wiggins sent. Five years, 146.5. But that wasn't the designated? No, wait a second. Couldn't be because he didn't make the benchmarks for it. Oh, right. okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, ninety-four over four years. And even Still... a four-year, a four-year max from another team would be a hundred and eight point six million. I still think it's a lot. But like, what alternative do they have, really? Right. I mean, they can't go out and start PJ Tucker full time at center. Or Nene. Or Nene. Like, you don't really want those old bodies. You need a pick-and-roll guy. You need a defender. You need someone to clean it up. Oh, this is one of those times where where a guy can really squeeze a team because they have such a drastic need for him. Right. Uh, because in the, if he was just, like, a regular free agent, I wouldn't put that number up. Mm-hmm. I would go less. Yep. But out of the sheer necessity of Houston, mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I see it. Well, also, I mean, Dallas is the one team that needs a center. So I wrote about Dallas's center options at B-Ball Breakdown. So go there if you want to read a lot about Derek Favors and Kylo Quinn, among others. But Dallas is the one team that has cap space and needs a center. Clint Capella makes the most sense in terms of his age developmental curve. Put him next to Doncic and DSJ, and like they're going to have a fucking incredible team in a couple of years. That yeah. said, because he's a restricted free agent, they can come to terms on an offer sheet during the moratorium, but they can't officially sign it until the moratorium lifts at uh, noon on July 6th. At that point, Houston would have two days to decide whether to match. So the earliest that could go through, or like the latest that could go through, I guess, is July 8th. So Dallas would be gambling if they do go after Capella. Because, you know, who knows what happens with DeMarcus Cousins, DeAndre Jordan, and, like, all the other big-name mm-hmm. centers. So, like, yeah, in theory, Dallas could really put the screws to the Rockets and give Capella an offer sheet that's, t- you know, give him a four-year max offer sheet and either clog the Rockets' books or or get Clint Capella. Um, the alternative is if the Rockets wound up matching Dallas could be left out in the cold and have to settle for like a Greg Monroe or a Jaleel Okafor or something. No, I have another guy ready for them if that's the case. So, but we'll we'll, we'll get, get to, to that, that later. Yeah. Okay. But so, yeah, I, yeah. That if I'm Dallas, I'd probably do it just for the hell of it. Like like you mentioned, <laughs> they're in a rebuilding process anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know the the type of money that they dedicate to a young guy moving forward over the over a four year run doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. Because let's say they let's actually say just that that Dallas maxes out Capella, right? Mm-hmm. 
Luka Doncic is starting his rookie uh, contract right now. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to be up for an extension until the current contract that Capella would just have signed with Dallas is up. Right. Like, yeah, you would overlap with Dennis Smith Jr.'s uh, extension in one season, but you can live with that. It's Mark mm-hmm. Cuban. Like, he's got enough money to pay for that. <laughs> right. Uh, and then, like, Capella will obviously not, I, at least I think, not you know become max player at that point. So then he might look at a, at a salary decline. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. Like, then you can make it work from there. Yeah, I mean, I, that... I'm actually, yeah... That, that's basically the Dallas option is why I think Houston right. has to offer close to close to his max from another team. I don't think they should yeah. give him the five-year, $146 million max, but I think they have to give him a sizable offer. So, yeah, I suggested four years, $94 million, which starts at $22 million. His start His max starting salary is twenty five point two five, so it's like he's taking slightly less. But, I mean, that's just the reality of the market this summer, and also it's the price to pay to stay on the Rockets. Like, Chris Paul is also going to have to, you know, I guess if Chris Paul gets to the five-year max, they're going to have a really hard time selling him on not getting the five-year max as well. But if Chris if Chris Paul is willing to take a three-year max, then they could sell, like, the this is what you have to do to sacrifice to be a part of this team angle. I still think Mark Cuban is going to tease Daryl Morey as much as he can. And I think that would just be beautiful if he maxed out Capella just to throw a big old wrench into the things. Yeah. This is going to be interesting. And by the way, when we're talking about Capella, he would fit Dallas as well. Like you brought that up as well. Mm-hmm. Like Just as a lob target for Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic, like that would definitely be a good fit. Um, so yeah, that, that's an interesting little wrinkle. To the to Houston season, like we were talking about LeBron potentially joining the Rockets, and now we're talking about how a team like Dallas can <laughs> actually mess it up for him with Clint Capella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a weird summer. The Rockets have a, enough of their own issues to worry about between Paul with the five year max, Capella with Dallas looming, and then Trevor Ariza, who mm-hmm. there was one report that came out that said he wanted fifty to sixty million dollars. So, yeah, like it's going to be hard enough for them to keep their, like, run back the same core as they had last year. Um, All right, let's move to Aaron Gordon now, who (laughs) the Magic, one would assume they're going to match whatever he gets, but they also, (laughs) their increasingly clogged front court begs the question of whether you could actually use him well there, because now they have Mo Bamba, who they just drafted sixth overall. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Isaac, who they drafted sixth overall last year, they still have Vucevic and Biombo. Aaron Gordon, they unlocked him by playing the four last year, but now, especially if Isaac, I mean, it, it seems like something has to give at some point. So, do you think they match whatever he gets? Do you think they offer him something right off the table, or do you think they he, they say, you know, go out there, get an offer sheet, and then we'll decide? They have to retain an asset at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, look, Mario Hisonia didn't pick up the fourth year option. We know about how they overpaid for Alfred Payton and then shipped him off for a second rounder. <laughs> like, they mm-hmm. don't keep assets around. Like, Victor Oladipo was sacrificed for Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka was sacrificed for uh, Terrence Ross and what? Something minuscule like a second round pick? Mm-hmm. Like, at some point, they'll have to learn 
to to use assets in some manner. Like keeping Gordon doesn't mean you can't trade him later. So maybe Nene him if anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. I think there was a report yesterday. I forget. I think from Woj that said the Pacers are considering giving him a big offer sheet. Uh, Thad Young did pick up his player option, so he's coming back. But according to Bobby Marks, they can get up to twenty two million in space if they get rid of Al Jefferson. I think they would have to stretch him as well. So that's my target for an offer sheet is the Indiana Pacers, four years, $94 million, but I think the Magic match. Yeah, he would be wonderful in Indiana, though. I know. Really, think, really wonderful. Think about the athleticism of Oladipo, Gordon, and Miles Turner. That would be such a fun team. And you know what? The Magic already had two of those guys at the same time and then didn't use it. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it would just... I'm convinced Aaron Gordon... Sean Hyken tweeted this yesterday, too. But, like, when Aaron Gordon leaves Orlando, he's immediately going to become an all-star. He would be an all-star yeah. in Indiana. Like, he would be I mean, incredible there. I think he was pretty close last year. I was on the uh, the Gordon all-star wagon before the season. Yeah. And, I mean, I fair, Orlando was crap. But it wasn't because of him. Like, he did well. Shot right. two, th- hit two threes a game, rebounded, defended, scored at a high level. I liked what he did. Me, too. Uh, we already gave away my prediction for Julius Randle staying with the Lakers. I think they re-up him on a four-year, $70 million deal, which is starts at about $16.3 million, so a little bit less than that. But again, I think they just don't get Paul George or Kawhi, so they mm-hmm. have to retain Randle because that's the way they, you know, they're not going to lose him for nothing if they're not using that cap space in another way, and that gives them another trade asset down the line. So I desperately want Julius Randle uh, on Dallas. Desperately. Mm, I want him to be the long-term replacement for Dirk because he can rebound, he can push the ball, and just imagine the passing between him and Dontich and to some extent Dennis Smith Jr. as he ages and learns the point guard position. Mm -hmm. Like That will be one of the best passing teams in the NBA, and you know how much that benefits a team in the playoffs. So... I really want to see Dallas take a run at Julius Randle and not spend all their money on DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's the question. They really need a center, and we'll get to DeAndre Jordan next. Do you think they could use Randle as their starting center instead of a starting power forward? I mean, look, Dirk is going to be the center next year anyway. He played center this year. Mm-hmm. He's slower, so that makes sense. So you play Randall at the four this year, and then maybe next year you go out and find a center. Mm. I, I, I like no the problem. idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they're going to go after a real center. I, it seems like their interest in Randall is more tepid than we were led to believe. But I like oh, yeah, the idea sure. conceptually. I think that's the best fit for Randall. I think that's Dallas. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Let's go into DeAndre Jordan now, Mort, since we're talking about the Mavericks. There have been reports coming out all Mm -hmm. week about them. Mark Stein's been all over this in particular. Um, He's still weighing his player option. If you're listening to this on Saturday, he will have already made his decision. But as of right now, the report just came out from Woj that he's still weighing his player option. There may be an opt-in and trade. With him in the Mavericks, there could be a sign-and-trade potential with him in the Mavericks. Um, it seems like Stein just tweeted that the 
Clippers are willing to take back Wes Matthews, and that would just be straight up would be cap legal. What do you think happens with DeAndre Jordan? Uh, I hope he opts in and nothing else happens. You want him to stay with the Clippers? Just for one year, then he can hit the free agency market, get lowballed, and that's Ooh. it. But that's not going to happen, obviously. No. That's what I wanted to happen. I don't think he should end up uh, on Dallas. I think that's just wasted money and a wasted opportunity. What, what can they use him for at this point? He's around 30. I don't know if mm-hmm. he's turned 30 yet. He's, he's about to, I think. All right. So, and they're moving forward with Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr., this somewhat young core, Harrison Barnes as well. I keep forgetting about him. Mm-hmm. Um, like He doesn't fit. He's no longer this rim-protecting guy that he used to be. He didn't even average a block this year. He's, I, You know how I feel about DeAndre. I think I he do. continues to be one of the most overrated centers in the league, and for some reason, whenever his name is brought up, teams are like, oh, let's give him $20 million. No, mm-hmm. like what? He's a one-way player. He's not even that good at, at that one <laughs> end of the floor. Uh, to me, it's preposterous. Oh, that that's a tough word for me. Uh, preposterous. Yeah. There we there go. There we go. Thank you. No problem. Um, I mean that that he's looking at that amount of coin. He's not yeah. that valuable. He's just not. I mean, look, and and people can can add me as much as they want on Twitter. I don't think he is worth more than the. Uh, non-tax MLE like wow. the regular MLE 8.6 yeah like what does he offer that's worth 20 rebounding and like you theoretically can get rebounding yeah I know I, I mean he led the league in rebounds last year I, I I figure DeAndre hate I get it I think it goes a little too far I still think he's he, he is what he is like he's he's just a really good rebounder he's very offensively limited but he's at least a good like Rim roller, catch, you know, catch lobs, offensive rebound, putbacks. Um, the shot blocking numbers dipped alarmingly so last year. But oh, yeah. before before that, each of the past seven seasons before last season, he had 100 or more blocks uh, every year. So you could hope that maybe going to a new city or whatever revives him and gives him some new lift, I guess. I mean that. I just that don't is think the, he gets better as he ages. Right. That is the concern: is that he's so reliant on his athleticism now that he's approaching thirty. One can only assume there's going to be a pretty steep drop off. So, I think for the Mavericks, if they really are going to go after him, and you know, my my article at Bebop Breakdown about their options, basically the the overall gist was, if they get him, it's fine. If they don't, it's also fine because they're going to have a bunch of other options on the market including not only Capella, but guys like uh, Yusuf Nurkic, Dwight Howard, Derek Favors. Oh, there we go. That's I'm so glad you brought up Dwight, because here's the thing. That was what I was going to say about all this. Why the hell would you pay $20 million for DeAndre Jordan if mm-hmm. you can get Dwight Howard for, I don't know what, the taxpayer MLE as you have in your papers, maybe even less? Mm-hmm. Like, what does DeAndre Jordan offer that Dwight Howard does not? Uh, he knows his role. Well, come on now, he's still Dwight is still an epic rebounder. Yeah, he's still I a know. good shot blocker. He yeah. can get you more offense. Like he's a more polished offensive player. I know that he plays without outside his role sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like, would you rather pay DeAndre Jordan? Like in your in in your email to me, you had DeAndre signed for sixty three million over four years. Would you rather pay 
DeAndre Jordan that or the taxpayer MLE for Dwight? Well, they wouldn't even have to use the MLE. They could just sign him in the space. But yeah, like for five. Right, right. but something. I'm what yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah. It, yeah. the the value, which is like five point right. one. Five point one million. Yeah, I think it's five three. But yeah, I mean oh, five three. Okay, yeah. it's a fair point. Like if Dwight's willing to take that, I think that's preferable. I think for the Mavericks, the ideal situation is the opt-in and trade. You ship Wes Matthews to the Clippers, so you can just you're you're not compromising your cap space all that much. It's like right. I think it's like a five or so million dollar difference, but you'll still have some cap space to play around with to add maybe a Tyreek Evans or Will Barton. Mm-hmm. Um, I think DeAndre will probably opt out, and then you could still do a sign and trade. So you can maybe sign and trade him to the Mavericks and get rid yeah. of Wes Matthews. But I think ultimately they'll give him somewhere around three years, sixty-three million. So it would start at twenty million and then go up to twenty-one and twenty-two. Um, I mean, it's it's a fair question. Like he's not their long-term answer at center, but I think having a veteran like him, he's. A, you know, a decent screener, um, right. really good rebounder. Again, like with with Smith Jr. and Doncic, just having him to go up and catch lobs would be yep. at least somewhat productive. Um, I think three years mitigates your risk enough that, it, you know, ideally if you're Dallas, you want the one-year deal just so you can test that out and then see what happens next summer. You can re-sign him then because you'll have his bird rights uh, if he opts in. But if not, and you just sign him in the space Three years, sixty-three million is not the end of the world. No, but it's just unnecessary. It's kind of my point. You sacrifice future flexibility. I would rather than take a flyer on Derek Favors. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, let's go to Tyreek Evans now, who the Grizzlies should have traded at the trade deadline. <laughs> I did not. Yes, they should. So yes, they should. He's gonna have an interesting. Situation. I guess if Indiana doesn't get Gordon and Julius Randle, that could be a potential landing spot. But otherwise, it feels like he's probably looking at the MLE, which would maybe give the Grizzlies some advantage if he just feels comfortable with them and just wants to re-sign there. What do you think happens with Tyreek? I would do that if I'm Tyreek. Because, look, he had so many years where he just didn't find his game. Then he came to Memphis, and he found it. He had a role... He was able to utilize it. He understood what it took from him every night and every night out. I don't want to mess with that if I'm Tyreek. I want to show the NBA that I can actually produce a couple of seasons in a row where I have similar stat lines and I have similar uh, production and and importance for my team and influence. So I I would gamble and I would say, you know what? This year the market is pretty dried up anyway. Let Mm -hmm. me just sign the MLE and let's, let's see what happens. Let me find some continued success with success with Memphis, and then let me see if I can cash in afterwards. I like it. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that happens. To me, he feels like one of the guys the Sixers might go after on a one-year overpay, just like they did with Redick last year, yeah. if they don't get LeBron or Paul George. So I could see like a one-year $15 million deal there, have him basically run your second unit. Uh, you know, their, their need for a... A second playmaker was very obvious and exposed against Boston. He's an improved right. three-point shooter. I like the fit um, as long as it's a one-year deal. But, yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all if Tyreek just says, screw it, just take the MLE, stay stay in Memphis. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Memphis could get Conley back healthy, get Gasol. You have Jaron Jackson now. If 
Evans comes back, like it's a not a bad team. Like they they'll have a and chance. And Marshawn make... Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll have a chance to make the playoffs next year. So yep. we'll we'll see there. Uh, let's go to Zach Levine, Mort. Your favorite. The only saving grace for the Bulls, mm-hmm. Zach Levine, is that the Sacramento Kings are also reportedly interested in Zach Levine. Yeah. So I mean, they could, yeah. I think I've seen somewhere said they had around, Spotrack says they have about $24.6 million in practical cap space. I think that's high. I don't think that factors in Bagley. So I think they're more around $17 million which means they can offer Levine somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, four years, 75, I think would be probably I think around. he should take that. I don't think the Bulls should match. I think he would take that. I do think the Bulls would match. But I agree that they'd... They I shouldn't. I don't know if they should. Yeah. Oh, they shouldn't. Yeah. So, uh, 538 had a Carmelo projection, I believe, mm-hmm. where... It said that his value was approximately seven, a bit over seven million a year. Like that was his value. Uh-huh. Levine. Is that based uh, on last year's production or just future projection? That's the thing. I, you know, I'm not a stat head, so yeah. I'm not sure. I'm <laughs> sure. not one of those guys who are that clever. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm not sure how the how the whole formula is built up, though. I don't okay. know the the origins for it. But I will say this: I did speak to Deeks at, at one point, Mark Deeks. By the way. Uh, regarding Mark oh, yeah. Deeks, he just put out a huge NBA manifesto today, 800 and something pages, 400,000 plus words, and it's free because Mark is not a great businessman. <laughs> um, it is absolutely free. Just go to Give Me Sport uh, and and download it there. It's yeah. it's uh, it's a necessary tool. But yeah, like I spoke to Mark at one point. He was like, "Just I don't see why you should go over 10 mm. with Levine, and I agree. I mean, look... The thing is, people point to the lack of defense, but it's more than that. Levine offensively has no idea how to position himself. He's not a good playmaker. And whether it's offense or defense, his awareness is mind-bogglingly bad. Like, Mm -hmm. it is unbelievable how little he's aware of things going on on the court when he's out there. There, There is nothing resembling, like, clever instincts in him at all and I don't think that is something that is going to be developed organically sure I think that's a problem I think that's a major problem because then you put Levine into a position where he's the main guy I don't think he is I don't I don't think it's doing him any favors as well like look by all accounts he's a good dude so mm-hmm. I don't want to sit here and crab on him as a person or as a player because everything I've heard is he's a good dude but I, I don't I think it's doing him a disservice. I think it's doing the Bulls a disservice if they re-sign him to that deal because that comes with an expectation that oh you're our highest paid highest paid player, you're going to be our star. You're going to be the guy who takes you know 25 shots a game. Right. That's not going to help him. That's not going to help the team. It's not going to help anybody. So I, I just don't understand what they're trying to do by just unnecessarily throwing away like maybe 10 million more than he needs to and that goes for the kings as well but you know kings right right tell us how you really feel about him though no no but i mean i'm just being honest like, <laughs> no, it's, it's bad like look and, and no i mean let me just, let, let me outweigh it though offensively yes there is a world wherein he averages 25 like mm-hmm. athletically 
and cre- from a creative perspective in terms of how you get off a jump shot, like he's he's absolutely elite. The question is, is that more important than all the other stuff? Right. I don't know. He did improve significantly at getting to the free throw line last year, even after coming off the ACL. That mm-hmm. was impressive to me. Like that's that was one of the things that actually made me go, oh, you know what? This guy could actually be a positive addition. You know, you know, pending contract, of course, but can he maintain it? Like you need to see more. He had like a twenty-four game sample, and obviously right. he's going to get better after coming off the ACL. Yada yada yada. It's just a question of is he going to. Uh, be a winning basketball player? Is he going to contribute to winning in the long term? Because if he's not, there's no reason to pay out that amount of money. That is such a good transition into our next player, Jabari Parker. It's a lot of those same questions apply to him, I think. Oh, let's just copy-paste with the addition (laughs) that double ACL tear. Right, right. And then you're also worried, is he just an empty stats guy? Is He's not a good playmaker. He's a very bad defender. It, he he can put up 20 to 25 points a game, but if you're the Bucks, you have to wonder, is he the right fit alongside Giannis and Chris Middleton long-term? He's not, no. Um, I, I think he needs to go on a team where he has a position for himself and not mm-hmm. being, you know... Because Giannis is so versatile, you throw Giannis in at every position, basically, right. and, and Jabari really has to adapt to that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's... I, 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 no, I, I was about to say I don't think he's done a good job. That's wrong. I think he's done whatever he can to adjust, and that's to his credit. I just don't think it's worked, and I don't think it's fair putting that solely at his feet. But at the same time, if you can't adjust to, Gian, to Giannis, then you need to go elsewhere. That's <laughs> harsh, but that's right. also the reality of the situation because you want to maximize Giannis's potential. Yeah. I think the problem for the Bucks, much like for the Magic, is that, you know, this guy was the number two overall pick four years ago. Can you lose him for nothing? Right. I mean, Nene him, I guess? Yeah. That's what, so I think he's probably going to get an offer sheet right around what Zach Levine gets. I think the Bulls might be the one to do it. Or the Kings. I could easily see that happening, too, because Lord knows they don't have enough front court players. So probably, yeah. like... Four years, 70, four years, 75 million, but I think the Bucks match. Uh, if only because Giannis had some comments earlier where he's like, Jabari's coming back this summer. It's not a question. Next question, let's move on. He's going to be back. We're going to be playing in the fall. You know, the, much like Anthony Davis and the Pelicans, the clock is already ticking on Giannis and the, the Bucks. He's signed for mm-hmm. three more years, but if you let Jabari go for nothing, if Chris, you know, they have a lot of big questions ahead of them in these next 12 months. Uh, I wrote about that for B-Ball Breakdown this week as well, but like Eric Bledsoe is going to be a free agent after this year. Chris Middleton is definitely going to turn down his $13 million player option and become a free agent next summer. So like you're basically over the next 12 or 13 months, you're deciding on the core that you're going to surround Giannis with by the time he has to decide upon his own contract. So yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a Nene situation where he's going to get an offer sheet that they aren't super pumped to match, but they know they have to just to, you know, yeah. hopefully he comes back, avoids an injury. They could always trade him later if he proves that he just can't fit next to Giannis and Chris because we just haven't seen it in like two plus years because, you know, he got hurt right after 
Like, Chris Middleton missed most of the 2016-17 season uh, with a hamstring injury. The game Middleton comes back, Jabari tears mm-hmm. his ACL. Jabari yeah. came back this year. You know, they eased him back into action. But, like, we have a 20-some game sample size over the last two seasons of how those three guys fit together. So I think they'll want to keep him around to expand that sample size and see if those three guys are compatible long term but i i think you and i are both skeptical that they are so i i think yep. they will they will match and then probably trade him later would be my guess i agree uh, what i don't agree with is i don't think the bulls as much fun as we make <laughs> i don't think they're the ones to sign jabari they seem to be and i you know credit to the bulls for this at least they seem to be aware that everyone else has spent stupid money since mm-hmm. 2016. Mm-hmm. And they've refrained from that, and they're looking at the long-term picture. Mm-hmm. And I do believe they're looking at 2019 and 2020 as the two years where they hit in free agency. I don't think they are looking at this free agency class and going, oh, I'm impressed. I yeah. think they're passing over. I think the only thing they're looking at this year is re-signing Zach Levine. And even then, it does seem like they have li- their limitations. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to max... Or yeah, sorry, they're not gonna you know match a max, nor are they going to match anything that's like plus twenty, I think. Yeah. Which still, to me, that's still about ten million too much. But so be it. At least they're not gonna be completely dumb about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Atlanta could be an interesting spot. They've got the cap space. That they do, but they are very much inclined to take on bad deals for draft picks. Yeah, I've seen that as well. Uh, yep. All right, let, let's go to the lightning round for the rest. We're, we're moving into kind of the next tier of free agents. So Will Barton turned down four years, $42 million from the Nuggets uh, in October, according to ESPN's Chris Haynes. There's a decent chance he regrets that. Where do you see him going for how much? I like the Pacers. The Pacers seem to have some interest in him. I like the fact that you can put an, a wing next to, uh, to Victor Oladipo. And I was just thinking about that. Thaddeus Young, he came back. You know, he, he opted in for his last year. So I'm not sure how much cap space they actually have. It should be enough for Will Barton, though. Yeah, I um, love it. The thing is, I, I I think he will get more than the MLE, mm-hmm. the non-taxpayer, obviously. But I, yep. I'm not sure how much more. Yeah. I have him as four years 50, but that's probably too high. I just that's like twelve and Will. a half a year. I mean, yeah. that's it's fair value for a guy like Will Barton. Right, I, I mean, agree. I just think the market will push him down probably closer yep. to four forty, four forty. Like maybe he just gets the offer he turned down in in uh, October. Maybe he just gets four four forty two. Yeah, yeah. That would surprise if he ends up at four forty. That would yeah. be a good deal. That'd be I would a great love deal. that deal. Yeah, yeah, I would love. That I mean, deal. like I don't want the Sixers to sign guys to more than one-year deals this summer because if they don't get a big-name free agent this year, they have to make their run next year or just right. start or just sign guys next year to long-term deals. But, like, right. 440 for Will Barton would be hard to turn down. It would be really... Yeah. That that might be one of those times where you compromise. I still think they wouldn't, but, like, man, whoever gets him on a deal like that is going to get a major steal. Oh, yeah. Marcus Smart... Is going to be in a difficult situation. He's a restricted free agent. Uh, Boston just is, you know, there's only a certain amount of cap space that can go around. They can re-sign him, but, like, they have to worry about Kyrie, Al Horford in a couple years, Jason Brown, Mm -hmm. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Like, there's only so many 
max near max guys that you can have before the rest of your roster gets priced out. So what do you think happens with Smart? So apparently the Pacers are pretty high on him. Um, oh, interesting. So that's, yeah, so that's a place where he could also, like he might, they might actually have to end up choosing who they go after, Will Barton or Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go after Will Barton because mm-hmm. he plays both ends of the court. Smart, just, just he's a great defender, and I mean great, literally, but offensively just such a swing player that you just don't know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I don't think you can give him a major deal because he's just such an uncertainty on some level. Um, I, I think he could end up taking a pretty good deal like for a team, maybe some somewhere around three years, 27. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, Phoenix is the one team that I could see making a play for him just because they have... Cap. They have some amount of cap space, and they very much need a point guard. So the point guard market sucks this summer. Maybe mm-hmm. they go after like a veteran like Rajon Rondo, but otherwise they could go after one of these restricted guys like Smart or Fred Van Vliet um, or Dante Exum. I could see Marcus Smart taking the qualifying offer with Boston. Like Maybe he yeah. just knows we've got a really good shot to win this ring next year. Let me prove my value, and then hit unrestricted free agency in 2019. Maybe we'll find a more receptive market then. But yeah, I think it, it's probably down to Phoenix or Boston. It's just like, are you willing to leave? Like Phoenix is probably going to pay you more, but are you willing to leave a Boston team with a real shot to win a ring next year for a Phoenix team that just won fewer than 20 games? Right, and also, does he turn turn into a pumpkin when he arrives? In <laughs> right, right. It's a fair. I think a that's a legitimate. Yeah, I think that's a legitimate question now after we've seen it with with Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, he's just so tough to gauge. He really yeah. is. Uh, Derek Favors, another tough one. Love him in Dallas, as I mentioned before. I think mm-hmm. he would be great there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many options for Dallas. We can't sit here and go, oh, you know, these four <laughs> centers, know. four that's, big men. Should, that's the problem. Uh, the problem? Well, that's the problem. Is that, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, there are so many centers, and there's only one Dallas. And once Dallas chooses its center, all of these other guys are going to be like, oh, mm. uh-oh. I think they, I mean, outside of Dwight, who's, who doesn't fit the age bracket, nor does DeAndre... I think Favors would just be such a solid pickup for him. Mm-hmm. Because he's going to come cheaper than Capella, obviously. Yep. He's going to be able to play center full-time, which is his position now. I mean, he's been playing out of position alongside Rudy Gobert. I don't think that's an optimal situation for him. Mm-hmm. And I think he has a a chance to really break out in Dallas. Not, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not expecting him to become like a sudden all-star but I could see him become one of those guys you have like as a fringe all-star caliber talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he sets fantastic screens. He rebounds. He can shoot from the mid-range area. He's kind of developing a three-ball, which yeah. is encouraging. And he can roll to the rim. He can finish over uh, over the basket. Like he can finish above the rim. So you have that that alley-oop option as well. I think he's just such a solid pickup if he ends up in Dallas. So I'm going to go Dallas with the best pick or the best fit. And I'm going to say like a three-year deal. Um, how much? Three years, 45, 40, 40, 45, somewhere yeah. in between. That's a reasonable range for him. And I think you're right. He's best suited to play center these days. Um, he's 
alluded to some frustration having to play out of center, out of position and like just getting small ball off the floor in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I I think he's probably intrigued to see what happens with the Jazz now that you know Donovan Mitchell broke out as a second place rookie of the year finisher and his rookie year and Rudy Gobert is the defensive player of the year like that Utah team is really good right now so again it's much like with Market Smart it's like do you take a little bit less money to stay on the team that has a better shot of winning a ring next year or do you go to Dallas where you can make more money play probably more minutes play your position but you might not make the playoffs or if you do you're going to be the number eight seed so I'm thinking two years, thirty million with Utah. Maybe even a second-year player option to let him test the mm-hmm. market again after this year. Uh, just keep him around short term. But yeah, it, it does. You know, I, at the start of the year, I would have said Favors is definitely gone because it just seemed like him and Gobert were not a compatible long-term fit. But the two actually played pretty damn well together this year. So I, I think there would be some interest on Utah's side to bring those bringing Favors back. All right, I definitely agree with that. I just think Favors might be more interested in going somewhere where he can become his own player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. We'll see. Yusuf Nurkic, I think, is a really oh, tough one. We agree on this one. You have yeah, him, Izzy, yeah, taking the qualifying offer. I think he's a prime candidate to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, I mean, it sucks because, like, the Blade, he's been he was great for the Blazers that first year he I mean he fueled their very unlikely playoff push a little worse this past year but still productive I mean he oh yeah he wasn't bad no but their problem is that they are just so burdened with so many bad contracts in Portland Mm -hmm. that the more they give him the more they're going to the luxury tax and forcing some sort of bad trade most likely so I think they lowball him hard and I think if Dallas doesn't go after him, I don't know who's left. Like, Phoenix taking DeAndre Ayton was the worst thing to happen to the center market this summer. Oh, yeah. Because Phoenix would have been a perfect spot for one of these bigs. But now, I mean, what what incentive would they have to pay Yusuf Nurkic when he's just going to ride the bench behind Ayton? Mm-hmm. So, well, it's, yeah. it's not just the selection of Ayton. I mean, you had a bunch of bigs. Jaron yeah. Jackson, Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba. Mm-hmm. Like, you had a lot of those guys who are now going to be invested in from their respective franchises, making right. the free agent marketing the centers, at least, a little bit more slimmer, less positions available. So it's going to be interesting. I think Nurkic is going to come out and, and ask for about, at, I want to say $15 million a year, right? Oh, That's easily. Be, I mean, yeah, if, right? if Nerlens turned down 470 last year, oh, Nurkic yeah, is expecting yeah. at least 480. Yeah, 20 million. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Especially when we look at his per minute average. Like, he was highly productive. The thing is, he just didn't impact the game as much as he mm-hmm. did the year before. But, like, looking at his raw numbers, which his agent is obviously going to do, he was right. he was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's when you dig down into it, like the advanced numbers, <laughs> right, <laughs> and right. that shows a, a different image. But yeah, um, I would, yeah, I wouldn't pay twenty million for him. I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't pay eighteen, sixty, sixty, fifteen, sixteen is probably where my max goes. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure either because the, here's the thing: with so many centers available, 
right. at a lower price tag, you right. probably could find someone cheaper than that. Yeah. So what you're doing is banking on his age and potential. Right. Like, if you're Portland, you could just bring back Ed Davis at a third of the price. You could, yeah. But there's a three age, three or five, five-year age difference. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's the thing. Like, how much do you, as an organization, look at Nurkic and determine, oh, he has X amount of value or sort of potential left? Right. Like, you have to make that calculation. You have to have that conversation with your, with your entire coaching staff. Like, do we anticipate him going up again, like taking another notch up in his development? And or even is if, he going to flatten? Even if so, is it worth the enormous luxury tax bill it's going to incur if you do sign him to such a big deal? Oh, but then don't sign Myers Leonard and Evan Turner. It's, right. Oh. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's the thing. They're now paying the price for their past mistakes, but they already have $110.5 million in guaranteed salary on their books for next season. Yeah, yeah. Like if they, I mean, if they sign Nurkic to above ten million, they're right in tax territory already. Can we agree that even in twenty sixteen, we were not high on the Evan Turner contract? Uh, <laughs> not only were we not high on it, but we had just finished recording an episode and we lamented that we were not recording live while it happened, so we could have heard our squeals. Where we were like, oh, that's what right. in the entire fuck is that contract? We hated yeah. that contract, and we still yeah. hate that contract. It was terrible. Ugh, it's really clones. biting. It, it's it's just so amazing. You had you had him. You had the Jan Mahimi deal. You had the Bismack Biyombo. You know, Noah, obviously Dang Moscow. Dang Moscow. Yeah, it's just those deals were so apparent at the time that they were dumb. Like every every <laughs> smart NBA fan with a Twitter account were like. What are you doing, NBA? Right. Like, well, we all we all knew the cap spike was going to lead to some ridiculous contracts, but no one expected that ridiculous. Yeah. And it was, yeah. I mean, it, these teams were paying like they weren't going to have consequences down the line, which now we've seen they do. So I, I just want to get this out of the way. I think it's a major, major scandal, basically, if Atlanta and Chicago, those two franchises in particular... Mm-hmm. Do not get in on this market and and absorb some of these bad deals and extract draft picks and or young players. Oh yeah, like they're, if they're going to, that's yeah. But that's that's what I'm saying. If they somehow at the end of the summer have not done that, that's a major fail and a oh, very yeah. low summer grade for them if they don't do that because there are so many bad deals out there yep. that can be absorbed by them yep. for like future draft picks. Right. And additionally, like we talked about on the last podcast, one of the demands should definitely be a 2021st first <laughs> right. rounder. Right, yeah. right. Uh, let's wrap up more with Dwight Howard, who is not even, he's not even officially a Brooklyn Net yet. It's not going to happen until July 6th, but oh, we haven't even, <laughs> we haven't even mentioned yeah. that he got traded. But oh yeah, by the way, Dwight Howard's been traded from Charlotte to the Brooklyn Nets for Timofey Mozgov and two second round picks. Woohoo! Uh, he will that that deal will happen officially after the mm-hmm. moratorium. They are going to buy him out, according to Chris Haynes. So he will become a free agent. Then, what do you see happening with Dwight Howard? I love your idea of the Wizards. Mm-hmm. I love it. I yeah. love it so much because they need a talent injection, and that's it. Like that's a that's a guy who will come in and be better than Marching Cortad ever was right off mm-hmm. the bat. 
They have gotten Austin Rivers, who is okay. They drafted Troy Brown, who I love. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Washington actually has a few components to themselves that they didn't have previously, which is which would be interesting. Yeah. So I'm really rooting for Dwight to go to the Wizards, even though I kind of love him in Dallas as well for the reasons I stated previously. The thing is, I think he chases LeBron. Yeah. I think yeah. he's he's just going, hey, buddy, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I agree. It wouldn't surprise me. I do wonder if LeBron goes to the Lakers, if there's just too much bad blood there between Dwight and the Lakers. But, but you he's mentioned there, before, though. Yeah, you mentioned it's a different front office. I know. Um, I think it's look, more can... the fan base than the, the actual team. Here's the thing, though. What about Dwight as well? He's so big, and you know, uh, defensively, unlike Kevin Love, who is a great rebounder. Don't get me wrong. Dwight is one of those imposing rebounders. You know, he's mm-hmm. not one of those who, like Love, has to really scrap for the ball, which Love is absolutely elite in. Right. He's one of those guys who'll jump higher, get the board, turn around immediately, and go with the outlet pass. Like Love is great at the outlet pass as well. But Dwight just gets those rebounds like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like the idea of LeBron running on one side of the floor, Paul George on the other, and Dwight just gobbling in defensive rebounds and those guys getting out in transition and Dwight just, mm. like, holding back. Like, let those guys play four or five. It doesn't matter. They're going to get a tra- <laughs> transition bucket. I'm just going to stay down here and play defense when they come back. Like, yeah. there's a certain element there that I think would work so well in the LeBron James-Dwight Howard dynamic. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really going to be interesting. I also would really think I don't want this to happen because I think it would mean they win the title again. But if he signs with the Wizards for the MLE, and then it's just like he's the reason that dynasty falls apart because yeah. whatever, whatever corrosive culture he brings with him, it just destroys the Warriors locker room and causes Clay Thompson to leave and Katie to leave. I think. That'd be pretty funny, but uh, no, I, I, yeah. I think you're right. He's probably going with LeBron, but the Wizards just stand out as such an obvious option after they traded Gortat for mm-hmm. um, for Austin Rivers. Like I, I, I assume their plan is not to start Ian Mahimi as their starting five, so it does make you think <laughs> they are, they're looking at guys like Howard, maybe a Greg Monroe, uh, maybe a Kylo Quinn. Like they need to make a move and bolster right. that spot. So. It's going to be a really fun next couple days. Next week, we will be pumping out episodes throughout. Um, stick with us. Check us on Twitter, at the NBA Pod. You can also find our Twitter handles in our bio. Be nice to Mort. Don't give him any spoilers, because he's going to be... Are you, are you changing your biological clock again, Mort? You're going to stay up until the madness begins? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. look, I, I am not going to miss DeAndre Gay 2.0, whatever that is. <laughs> look, I, I, I have this thing where I tell my wife that over the first 10 or so days of July, mm-hmm. I'm just not mentally available. Sure. Like, yeah. she has to be the one to drop our son off at, like, <laughs> you know, school and all those stuff. I'll pick him up later when I, when I wake because I'm going to sleep in. Because yeah. I go to bed at like four, five, six, whatever. And sometimes I waste so many days because nothing happens. Like right. then the biggest deal is some, you know, backup shooting guard getting a three point five million dollar <laughs> salary and that's it. But 
I've, g- I've gotten so ingrained in free agency that I have this fear of missing out simply because of DeAndre Gate. It was so good. I value <laughs> that experience so much that I'm just so afraid of missing out on another. Reasonable. So, yeah, yeah stick with us on Twitter even as we, on days where we do not record, we will be reacting to all the big deals there. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We love any feedback, and we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. So check them out on Twitter at AlmightyCasts. Until next time, and until the NBA blows itself apart, I am Brian Toporek, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. Thank you, Brian. I look forward to seeing where David Nawaba ends up, because whoever gets him... He's getting a freaking steal. We will have a one-hour David Nawaba podcast next episode. Get excited. We should. He's better than Zach Levine. <laughs> All right. Later, work. Later. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clear. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance.